nasty car accident and it killed eight people. And five of those eight people were our family. If Blue's not alive, I don't, I can't be here. Like, I need to be dead. I knew your story, you know, but hearing you say it, you know, and telling me one-on-one is this entire different reaction. So just don't mind. I'm just trying to collect myself a little bit. Mason, I appreciate you being here. Obviously, you know, I I think your story got a lot of attention for for good reason. And I, I personally was impressed the way you spoke about it. You know, the clips I've seen and some podcasts I saw you on. The way you speak about what you've gone through, I think was the most impactful for me besides what you've actually gone through. And I'm interested in hearing, you know, how you've persevered through such a traumatic event. And for anyone that hasn't heard your story, uh, I would love if you, you know, told everyone a little bit about your experience, however you, you know, you're most comfortable. No, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, man. I got into therapy and I love therapy. I think therapy is great. And then I got into podcasting and just sharing my pain with other people has been awesome. It's been incredible with the response that we've gotten with our 1090 thing. So thanks for having me on because I don't really go to therapy anymore because I kind of treat my public speaking and podcasting as therapy, dude. Like that sounds weird, but this is like, I feel like I'm on your podcast, safe space to unload all my stuff. So no, thank you for having me on. Um, That's amazing. Well, before I get into the night of the car accident, can I... Can I just tell you about how cool my family is? I mean, they're in the painting behind me, but um, I met my wife, Courtney, when we were 15 years old, dude. Like high school sweethearts. We went to every school dance together. We won the award most likely to marry your high school sweetheart. Like we just like just always got along and just loved each other at a young age. And um, we ended up getting married. And my wife, Courtney, she always loved to help people. So she wanted to be a nurse. So... She got into the nursing program at uh, Dixie State University in Southern Utah, and I I was a pretty good basketball player in high school, so I got a, a scholarship to play basketball at that university. So we we're just this young couple, married, just poor, like living off of a college basketball <laughs> scholarship, and she's like working in graveyard. It was like, it was you know it was awesome, but it was it was hard. But mm-hmm. we're just like dirt poor. My senior year playing college basketball, we have our first kid named Riggins. Dave, have you ever seen the the TV show Friday Night Lights? Yeah, phenomenal show. Yeah, okay. So Tim Riggins, he's in that show. So me and my wife love that show so much that we named our first child Riggins after Tim Riggins. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so anyway, so, yeah, so we love that show. So it was me, Courtney Riggins for a year, and then uh, I graduate. And I'm like figuring out like what do I do? Courtney's set like she has like a good nursing job like she can get a she can get a job anywhere as a nurse. So she's like good with whatever. I'm trying to figure out like what am I doing now? Because basketball was my whole life up to this point, and I don't know if you like sports or not or anything. But like that was like everything I did, and now that it was over, it's like well, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> so uh, I get a, I take a job offer at my old high school to be a basketball coach, school teacher. So we move our family back to where we grew up, which is great because we're by, you know, grandparents, friends, family. So it's good, good deal. We have two more kids. So we have Blue, another boy, and then we have our little daughter, Frankie. And we have, dude, I'm from Utah. We got weird names for our kids, man. It's just how we do it. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> no need to explain yourself. You're good. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. So we just have this, you know, cute young little family. Courtney and I are done having kids. We're like, yeah, this is good. And then I get another job offer. So I get a back to St. George, Southern Utah, where I graduated from college. So I get this job offer from this place called Nets on Fire. And they're like, hey, we want you to be a, our skills trainer, put together AAU basketball teams and just travel and coach. And I'm like, seriously? And they're like, yeah, and we'll pay you this much. I'm like, what? And they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, sign me up. So I tell Courtney, she's like, no shit. I'm like, yeah. So so we moved back down to St. George, Southern Utah, which is about four hours away. And 
We're just living the dream, dude. We're just, Courtney has this really cool nursing job she loves. I love my new job. And one of the other cool things about living down there was my, my brother Race, my older brother Race lived there. And uh, I never really got to see, we're like seven years apart. I never got to hang out with him as much as I wanted to as a kid, you know? Yeah. So I got to hang out with him in St. George a lot, which was great. His kids were ba- were uh, babysitting my kids. And then my family, like we do every summer, my family does a little family reunion, family vacation. And this is when, dude, like you think you think you have life figured out or, you know, you always think there's like this give and take. You're a nice person. You work hard. You set goals. And, you know, you're going to have ups and downs. But for the most part, life's going to reward you. You know, you get back what you put out. And then, like, I don't know what I don't know what to believe anymore. But so there's this family reunion. And, David, I just took on this new job at Nets on Fire. And I just, you know, I feel like I can't bail. I, I can't make it happen. So I decide not to go. So I tell my family, like, hey, me and Cordy and kids, we're not going. And then... That weekend rolls around, weekend of the family reunion, and my wife, Courtney's like, hey, you're just going to be working all weekend. I'm just going to take the kids. It'll be fun. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. Um, I'm like, you should ask Race, my brother. Like, maybe he can ride with you guys because we're the same family. You go to the same family reunion. It's a four-hour drive. You might as well ride together, you know, help each other with the kids. So she reaches out to my brother, and she's like, hey, I'm going to the family reunion. If you and the kids want to come with us, that'd be cool. And race is like uh, Keisha, so his wife and two of their kids couldn't go. But race is like, I'll bring Ryder and we'll ride with you guys. I'll be perfect. I'm like, all right, cool. So my family went with my brother and his youngest kid to the family reunion. And then on that Sunday coming back, there was a terrible dust storm um, that just kicked up and just covered the highway. Just a big black wall just. I'm sure it was terrifying. I don't know, but it caused a 22 car pileup, just a brutal, nasty car accident. And it killed eight people. And five of those eight people were our family. So I lost my wife, Courtney, and my son, Riggins, and my daughter, Frankie, and my brother, Race, and my nephew, Ryder. They were all gone. My son, Blue, so our middle child blue uh he survived the car accident not really sure how but he he uh he had a couple cuts on his head and he had a broken hand but they pulled him out of that car somehow and um and i don't really know what he saw what he experienced or what he remembers but but blue survived and i remember um i remember because they they said hey there's one survivor we're life lighting him to the to the hospital in Salt Lake. So I'm four hours away, so I gotta drive four hours to get there. And I remember, you know, you have so many thoughts going through your head on that car ride. But I remember thinking like if if and and it, and the the guy who called me, he said there's just one survivor. So so I don't even know if it was from my car or just in general. I don't even know whose kid it is. They just said three year old kid blonde hair, blue eyes. And my three-year-old had blonde hair, blue eyes. So I was just kind of hoping it was blue, but I don't know. And I remember thinking, dude, like if blue's not alive, I don't, I can't be here. Like I need to be dead. Like I don't, I remember having that thought and um, it's weird because you're so broken. So you just kind of flip through denial, anger, shock, bargaining you just kind of flip through all those emotions but everyone like every 20 minutes that thought would pop into my head like if if this isn't blue like i'm putting a bullet in my head like i'm done but i get to the hospital and it and uh blue's alive and uh spent the night with my son in my arms and um never saw the rest of my family again that was uh that was July 25th, 2021. So that's about 20 months ago. We're coming up on the, we're coming up on the two year mark. And you want me to keep going or should I stop or? <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm just trying to, you know, like it's like, I knew your story, you know, but hearing you say it, 
you know, and telling me one-on-one is this entire different reaction. So just don't mind me. I'm just trying to collect myself a little well, bit. And then like, dude, I never, never seen my dad cry in my entire life. And like that night, that night. And so I'm in the hospital holding my kid and I did, I literally, I think I just stared at the wall for however long I just, you know, you're just in complete shock. And then the grief hits you in waves. And, and like my dad was in the hospital room with me that night and my mom was too. And my dad would get up to the bathroom and I don't know if he didn't think I could hear him, but he was just wailing, just crying, sobbing, like sounds you didn't even think a human could make really. And it was my dad. And it, it like reality, it just is weird. Like it's just, it's hard for it to set in, but when it does, it it's a real son of a bitch. And then, and then it leaves, you know, and that's a weird thing with acceptance. Like when people think of the stages of grief, like anger, denial, bargaining, depression, accept, like whatever it is, I don't even know the order because it doesn't fucking matter to yeah. be honest with you. Sorry if I, I didn't ask you about language, but don't worry about it. Um, um, but dude, like the thing with back to the acceptance thing, like, okay, it's not like you just do these stages of grief and then you get to acceptance and like, oh, like I'm done. I did. It's not like you graduated high school. Like you throw your hat in the air, like we're done with the trauma. No, like you're screwed. The trauma is going to be there your whole life. And the weird thing with acceptance is, is like, David, I have days where I can accept it. I can, I can get out of bed and like, okay, this is my reality. It happened. What can I do? What can I control? What's in my power of control? Those are my good days. Those are the best days that I can have. Or how can I make this terrible situation good? What good can come from it? Let's try to do that because that's in our power. But dude, like other days and other moments, you can't accept it, man. I don't want to accept it. It's not fair. It's bullshit. And we weren't perfect people, but like we were good people, man. I was a good husband. I was a good father, like innocent kids. You kidding me? Like it doesn't make any sense. And on the days I can't accept it, those are the shitty days, dude, where you're just feeling sorry for yourself. Why me? And you're just kind of wrapped in the grief. And it's really shitty. So on those days, what have you found yourself doing to get through the days that you don't feel like you accept it? Um, well, I used to drink um, or drugs or like I'd call my brother or sister parents, in-laws, whoever, like, hey, can you come watch Blue? I'd take sleeping pills at one in the afternoon, just like I'm done for the day. Um, I used to punch myself. I just right here, I just unload on myself. I thought I could knock myself out, but I don't, I can't, I couldn't, <laughs> but it just get all <laughs> black eyeish. But, but mm -hmm. then like, at least, like, at least it'd get, this pain would get my mind off the other pain, but not really. But like, I thought maybe it could, <laughs> Right, right you know, sure. I, it was not good. Not good. No, but now what I do, I talk, I tell people, man, like, dude, I, it hurts, man. And it doesn't get better. Time doesn't heal all wounds. That's bullshit. Like it hurts, man. And when you tell people, there's just something about it, dude. I can't even really explain it. But all I know is I tell someone I hurt and I feel less hurt. <laughs> um, and serve, I serve, I do things for other people. So instead of drinking, I would hop on my one wheel and I'd go down downtown Salt Lake and I'd hand out food to homeless people or I'd, um, someone just lost their kid. I'd get cookies and go to their house and just any anything I could to just do something that wasn't about me and do the thing with trauma. It makes you so selfish, dude. It makes you so selfish because trauma is you're just thinking about your pain. And so you don't really have time to think about anyone else's pain. Like why even give a shit? Like I'm hurting really bad. And so what I've learned is if I don't think about me, we is greater than me. And what I found, it, it's the whole Jesus thing, honestly. It's the story of Jesus, which is ironic for me because I don't even believe in God necessarily. But yeah, it's like help other people, love your neighbor, love your enemy. And those two things. So back to your question, I tell people and I try to help people. And that's, yeah, that's kind of what 
what's helped. But and then I I guess um, you know I just kind of um, I'm learning to be easier on myself and and be like Mace, you've been doing good. You can have a shitty day. Like yeah, you can be mad and just cry and just feel it. And I've gotten better at just being sad and then just being done being sad and trying to do something good. You know, you mentioned when, uh, you know, when you first heard the news and you were trying to wait on the news to see if your son survived. And if you were saying, if he didn't, you wouldn't be here anymore. And, you know, coupled with the idea of, you know, innocent kids, your whole family, what is the shift of your perspective comparatively to, or even when you found out that, you know, your son was alive and, you know, the why me questions, what is, how did this shift your perspective on life? Like the, you know, the unexplainability of why something like this would happen. So a lot of people ask me, like, what have you learned? And there's few things that I've actually learned, like that I had no clue about before. And like, I actually like, wow, like something brand new that I learned. There's a couple, but it's, it's more of the perspective. It's just shifted my whole perspective. And it's not necessarily like, we before me, I knew that. I grew up playing basketball. I knew the importance of teamwork, but now I see it totally different way. So I think it's just the whole perspective shift. Like, let me give you a quick story of like how my sh- perspective shifted. So this was probably just after the funeral with my family. So this is pretty quick after the accident. So I'm still in it pretty good. And I'm driving and I see a homeless family to my right as I'm turning and dad, mom, couple kids running around behind him corner of like a gas station guy has a sign up. And I just remember like, dude, that looks awesome. Like you, you, that looks like heaven on earth to me. Like I would do anything to be homeless with my family. That looks like Christmas morning. (laughs) It looks awesome. (laughs) That's how, and I'm in a nice car. I'm driving to like my, you know, decent apartment like it's not like it's not a shithole like i have nice things but i would trade any of it for that guy to be that guy for one hour like yeah like how dark is that i don't think that's dark i think that's i think that's real that's very real yeah so you know and then the things people complain about is hard sometimes um and then like Everyone, everyone's hurting, dude. Like I used to, before the accident, I used to think we're all happy and there's just a couple people here and there that, you know, aren't and we'll help them when we can. But now it's like, I think we're all kind of miserable. You know what I mean? And there's like a couple people that are happy and they're just annoying and (laughs) like, I don't know. (laughs) That's just how I see it. Like. Like you're you're a comedian. Like my one of my favorite comedians, Bill Burr, and he he uh, has this thing. First of all, I'm sorry, I gotta cut you off there. Do not put my name too close to comedian, <laughs> and, and and not even near Bill Burr. So, Bill, if you're listening, I apologize on his behalf. Yeah, <laughs> but like he he always says like we're all eating a shit sandwich. It, that's yeah. the honest to God truth. I think he's 100 percent right. Like we all. And maybe, and maybe it's just the world I've entered because all the messages I get are, are sad stories. So maybe it's just what consumes me now. But like, dude, it is. Uh, we're all eating a shit sandwich and just try to be great. Maybe there's some good bread around it and some lettuce and tomato, maybe. But like, yeah, you got to eat that thing. Yeah, and it tastes like tastes like it looks. Uh, it tastes like yeah. shit. And you know, I yeah. think it, it it makes me think in regards to how you say some days you accept it, some days you don't. I feel like there's a, a misconception. Maybe I'm completely off with this about being happy that it's constant. That we're, we're as humans that we're you're seeking that you know the eternal happiness while we're living. I don't think that's possible. I think you can live with joy, but I think the happiness ebbs and flows, and you're constantly scaling at different peaks. Like you feel like you're happy, but then there's another peak. Um, so. You know, I, I, we are, we all have pain and it's, it's tough to hear stories like yours because it's easy to compare the pain. You know what I mean? When you've gone through something like you've gone through and from my shoes, I'd be like, I can't, what would complaining ever do considering talking to this man, Mason and what he's overcome, what he's still going through. Um, but you know, then again, the worst, the worst thing you've ever gone through is the worst thing you've ever gone through. So it's, is it relative? Yes. Okay. So like in the world of like mental illness and trauma and grief, 
like you're right. Like we do this weird thing, especially guys. Well, maybe I don't know, but but like we compare it, and it's not good. It's something we have to get away from. And I think it's part of the reasons why a lot of guys don't talk about their pain. It's like okay, for example, let's say you read my story. Like let's say someone gets divorced, and then they read my story, and they're like, oh, well, what do I have to complain about? A word? Actually, no. Like you, a divorce is really shitty and hard, and you should. Be upset and you should cry if you need to cry. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it just kind of yep. robs that like, no, dude, you're getting it all wrong. Like I know mine's bad, but you're hurting too. You need therapy too. You need to tell someone too. Like, yeah, and it's it's a weird thing. And it's bad for both ends. It's bad for you if you compare it to my thing and then you think you don't you shouldn't struggle. That's bad. That's not true. And then it's also bad for me because for me, it makes me feel alone. Like no one gets me like, no, Hey, I'm not, I don't want to be alone over here. <laughs> like, no, I'm with you guys. So it's really, it's a really divisive thing. I think in the world of mental health is when we do that weird, like measuring stick thing, like, what are we doing to each other? It's not good for anyone. And I get it. Like we want to be polite. Like I understand it. Like, Hey, I get what they're saying to me. Like, it's not, I haven't gone what you've gone through. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, very polite. But at the end of the day, we're both hurting. And mm-hmm. we both need th- the same things to get through it, probably. So let's talk about those things and help each other through this shit. Instead of acting like no one gets anyone and we shouldn't talk about anything. Because, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're saying this kind of, I don't want to say, maybe this is the wrong word, but like a shame of due to the comparison of what you're feeling isn't enough to feel shitty about. And and then that's why maybe they're not expressing it. Am I understanding that? Yeah. Well, and it goes for like, let's say you have multiple kids, like you're a family and you have multiple kids. And let's say one kid's a 4.0 student, like straight A's, and the other kid gets a 3.0 that kid doesn't feel like he should be validated. Why? Because he's comparing himself to the 4.0 kid. Like, my parents aren't going to care. I have a 3.0. No, they're probably proud of you, dude. Or, or You know what? Like, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. just go for trauma. Like, that's just how our mind works with anything. And it's, it's, it's not good. It shuts people down. It doesn't allow them to communicate their emotions. And other problems start to fester and happen because of that. Yeah, I mean, as they, I forget who said it, but comparison is the thief of joy, and I, that applies across, you know, Ooh, anything yeah, you're Okay, so let's flip that. Let's make this work with trauma. So comparison is the thief of joy. So if we did that with trauma, so comparison and trauma, what are we robbing ourselves of? Comparison is the thief of grief. I only wanted to say that just because it rhymes, but... <laughs> dude, I think we're on to something, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not kidding, Dave. That sounds legit. Like, that might be a t-shirt one day. No, there's something there, there though. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, it's a really interesting thought. I haven't really, honestly, I haven't thought of it like that. And, you know, it, when the idea of it, you just explain how it puts you on an island, it reminds me of, um, you know, I was watch, I watched some clips here and there, and someone said you, she doesn't like saying, oh, I can't imagine, because that kind of puts the other person on an island, even though they're trying, doing it out of politeness. You know, they like the semantics yeah. is very sensitive when it comes to speaking to someone who has gone through what you've gone through and you know where it's coming from, but then could have the flip idea that you said it puts you on an island. So I think I love what you're saying in regards to, you know, we all, we're all going through pain. Um, and it is a little hard to look at what other people, again, to the comparison, to look at what other people have gone through and, and not compare it because, you know, I think of what I've gone through, then I think about what you've gone through, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't, um, devalue what you feel. I think whatever the hell you're feeling, you gotta, you gotta feel it without the thought of what other people are going through. The only thing I can think of, like, if I'm thinking of what other people have gone through, maybe I can look at it from the lens of gratefulness, you know what I mean? In a sense that, yeah, I lost my dad, but I still have X, Y, Z, but then again, you're still comparing it. So I don't know, maybe it's, it's a fine line regardless. Yeah. I, ha- I actually have a question for you about your dad, but yeah, before, before that, um, one more thing I want to say about the, like when people tell me, I have no idea what it's like to be you. No one knows what it's like to be you. Um, I get it. Like I, again, I understand where you're coming from. You're trying to be polite and it's a heavy story. So I get it. But another thing, okay. One thing that we hate. And when I say we, I mean me and Sam Josie and our 1090 team is the victim thing, like being the victim. Like what happened mm. to me is terrible. 
But that doesn't mean I just get to lay in bed the rest of my life and not like I life goes on. Like Robert Frost, one of my favorite Robert Frost quotes, life goes on. And you you still gotta show up without excuses and get get to work basically. But like when someone tells me no one knows what it's like to be you, that feeds the victim like thought process. Because now what you're telling this kid or whoever is, oh, no one knows what it's like to be me. Well, then I can kind of get special treatment or do whatever I want because you don't get it. You don't get how hard it is to be me. So I, you know what I mean? And it gets yeah. terrible. It gets bad. It doesn't <laughs> help anyone. And so it, it feeds that. I, I do think that type of, of conversation does lead to that victimhood, which isn't good for anyone either. Yeah, and I think when you when, when you have the mentality of victimhood, it, it kind of leads to complacency. It doesn't lead to action. And I feel like what I'm taking from what you're doing, you found this outlet of helping other people. But it, but by helping other people, you're moving. You're you're do, you're taking yeah. steps. You're you're moving forward in many ways. So you're not just sitting there. And I feel like when yeah. maybe if you know if you take that position of this happened to me and getting special treatment, then you're not motivated to keep going and. You know, it, it's hard though. Like, how, how do you? Because I mean, how do you? What do you say to someone that just doesn't want to keep going? And I'm sure you've been at that place, as you kind of explained earlier. Like, you don't, you don't want to do anything. But how do you help people find that reason to keep going if they don't have their son? Like, a son, you know, you have a son, so I feel like that's a big, maybe a big motivating factor for you to continue on, as you explained earlier. What What do you tell someone? And it's a very general statement that is in it right now that doesn't that is hearing one thing and going out the other ear and on wanting to move forward because they feel like it's over. So I think, uh, th this isn't a cop out answer. I'm, I'm going to, I'll give you an answer. I'm going to share a story with you, but I, I honestly think it, it's going to vary depending on the person and, and the trauma and all that matters. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's a cookie cutter answer, but let me just share a beautiful story with you real quick. So I get a lot of messages through Instagram I, and when I say a lot, I probably mean 18 a day. So oh, not that's like, that's or I, maybe that's a lot. I don't know. But like, I don't know. Not like, anyway. So I get a lot of these messages and, and this one lady's messaging me. She just lost um, three family members in Europe. So she's in Europe. Um, and I'm not going to get too specific because she probably doesn't want anyone to know, but she lost three family members in, a, in, a, in an accident, and she's really just struggling, obviously. And she's talking about how to handle the funeral. And I'm trying. I'm trying all my stuff, David. I'm trying these quotes and what my therapist has told me and things me and you have already talked about on this pod. Like, I'm throwing everything at her. Nothing. Like, she is just done. Like, she not 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 doing good. Just talking about the pain and can't get out of bed and doesn't want to live. All of this stuff. Terrible stuff. No, everything's bouncing off of her. Nothing's working. And then I find, and then one day, and I'm like, what the hell? And so I just think about, I'm, I'm rereading our story. I'm just, I start from the top and I just kind of reread it. And dude, I, and I text her back. And her last message was, I'm in the hospital. I'm, I'm hurting so bad. And, and I said, um, I'm so proud of you. You're so strong. And it got to her. It was the first thing that I said that finally made an impact that actually like helped her, I think. And you could just tell and her response was beautiful. And I think that was the best thing anyone's ever told her since that tragedy with her, with her family. Um, I think a lot of people struggling through this life that they have or trauma they look like a complete fuck up. They look like they're idiots. Like they have addictions now and, and they ruin relationships because they have trust issues and they just look like, and maybe they are, maybe they are a fuck up. I don't know. But like, dude, maybe you tell them like, and again, like we don't want to feed the victimhood and we don't want to like support bad behavior. I get it. But maybe every once in a while you're like, Hey, I'm proud of you, man. Like, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for giving it another day. And actually, like, I think that helped her a lot. Um, so I don't know, maybe, but that's just one story for one person. I, 
I think for another person, something else may have helped. And that's what makes trauma really hard. And, and again, back to the comparing thing, that's why it's impossible to compare it because it's all just can't compare it. That, I mean, that's a, that's a fucking beautiful story. And it, it made me, I, I got flooded with so many people in my lives and in life. And even, you know, even me sometimes, I feel like I'm not, a, I don't take, sometimes I don't take, not, this is a weird transition, but compliments the, the best. And I think a lot of people sometimes don't have support in their lives and don't have that words of encouragement. It's like that corny cliche, like you never know how much a smile is going to affect someone just like walking down the street. It's like those little yeah. words of encouragement can boost someone like the, just the words that you gave her could have led her to so much action to, to break through and make those adjustments in her life. Cause she just needed someone. Maybe she didn't even realize it's someone to tell her that it's okay in a sense. And that it, regardless of how you feel right now, you know, you're doing what you can do and you will get out of it. So it's, it's, it's remarkable that those simple words can have such a massive impact. And I, and I love that. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's huge. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Don't hit me too hard. So you lost your dad nine eleven. Um, so maybe all right. Let me just explain my side first, and then maybe you'll understand what I'm trying to ask you. So like, I lost five people at once, and it's weird because if we talk about all five together, like as a group, like they all went to the other side together, they're over there together. It's kind of like, it's awful, but it's somewhat kind of manageable. Like, okay, but dude, when you, when I think about them individually, like as an individual, like my precious baby girl, Frankie, like when I think about them individually, I sink like a stone, dude. Like I can't, it rips my heart out and it kind of bugs me sometimes when people just say, you lost five, like, no, like I lost, they were, they were each people, their, their own individual self. Like maybe we should have had five funerals to show you, but like, I don't know. It, it kind of gets it. It's frustrating me sometimes. So your dad dies in this terrible nine 11. Does it bother you? Like, does he just get grouped in with all the other people that died that day? And, and for you, does it kind of get like, you didn't get your due. Like, Hey, like I know a lot of people died, but my, I don't even know if I'm making any sense anymore, but like, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You're, is you're it making frustrating sense. you that he died with so many people that he kind of just got like, he's just part of the large group. I, I know to your family and everything, it doesn't hit you that way, but do you, does that understand what I'm trying to ask you? Yeah, no, no, I, I get it. I think, you know, I haven't, if I you kind of, I haven't really thought of that too much, but in regards to, I'm glad you asked that because it's a new thing thought i mean it's it, this is maybe i don't want to like kind of what you said i don't want to sound like a cop-out but i th think you know it it happened the way it happened and it is the way it is i i don't know how else to handle it but i think as to what you said my we handled it individually you know what i mean I, it's, it's not in a way that we weren't thinking of all the thousands of lives that got lost but you know i wouldn't say as we didn't get our due you know we've we've still grieve in many ways even over 20 years later so it you know it doesn't i don't really contemplate the fact Damn, i can't even believe that's been 20 years yeah no i mean it's the timing is weird man i don't know what it is like it's, it's a true so, thing okay i have another question for you yeah so this happened 20 years ago so i taught like i'm about 20 months in so like I'm 20 months into my life sentence you're 20 years in your life sentence. like tell me like what do i need to know 20 years in I was going to ask you that in regards to where you are 20, 20 months because, you know, it's it, we have such different, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about the trauma, how what what has happened is such a variable and what's going on in your life. It's such a different way of how we grasp things, the timing in our life. So, again, back on what you said, it's a, a blanket statement for answering such a question because it's so individual. I just know you're going to evolve. You know, I'm sure if you looked back, and it's partially the question I wanted to ask you, if you look back from day one to 20 months, I'm sure you've clearly changed in so many ways. And I think that's going to continue to evolve uh, as time goes on. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't know how you're going to evolve. That's for you to find out and for you to adjust as you've been doing remarkably, if you ask me. Um, I think, you know, as life changes, as you change as a person, 
as time goes on, there's more contemplation, you know, things happen in life and you reflect on different things. You make new realizations, the more you speak about it. So things are going to evolve. And it really stuck out to me and how you said it doesn't get better because I, I feel that, you know, maybe it doesn't get better because it's a pain that is always going to be with you. But I don't know, I think you're growing in such a, a remarkable way. And I commend you for what you're doing, the courage it takes to talk to me, the courage it takes to share your story to the world because you're making such a difference. And I know you say you don't have to go to therapy because it, by you helping other people, you're helping yourself. Um, but I'm kind of going on a rant right now. I just think you're going to continually change. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're just going to continually change. I don't have an answer for you. You're going to figure that out. But I think as time goes on, you're going to feel different. You're going to see things different. I mean, tell me what, what have the last 20 months been? Like what, what have you noticed in a shift in yourself from when it happened to now? So I think you get stronger, so you get better at carrying the pain, but it's still the same amount of pain. And it's yeah. weird. And, and you're right, because if I do compare myself where I was 20 months ago, dude, I'm not, I was a zombie or at least that's how my parents and friends describe. I was just couldn't even. Yeah. So I'm definitely doing better, but I loved your answer because I hate the people that are like, Oh, like, xyz like dude you don't know you don't know so no, I have thanks, no for idea. Your, thanks for your honesty <laughs> and i okay so let me just tell you another story <laughs> please yeah i love it <laughs> so i go to austin texas for a because i'm a i'm a public speaker motivational whatever you call it i don't know i go speak places <laughs> so i i'm doing the speaking thing in austin texas and it like, dude, it's fun, man. We get there. Like they fly, fly us out first class. I've never been first class. Never even thought about it. They fly us out first class, like good hotel. They take us out like just cool. And I do my public speaking thing. It goes very well. And then I'm just having fun. Like I'm having fun. And okay. So, and you can probably relate to this, but okay. Car accident, my family, they die. And you're just in bed and you're just miserable and you kind of want to die, but then you can't die because you, because I have my son blue and you're just kind of like in this, you're just in this weird like limbo. And, um, and I was in that limbo for a long time. Like I just didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. So dude, I'm like, I'm like loving my time in, in, in Texas. And, um, then the guilt dude, like the survivor's guilt like boom like you're a piece of shit like you know the only reason any of this is happening because your family's dead so you're glad that your family's dead and you're just bombarded with like these thoughts and voices and it just shuts you down and so you get shut down and you just don't want to do anything and then you have guilt from that like oh like you're just gonna lay in bed all day your son Riggins is dead. He would love to go ride his bike today and have the sun on his face and scrape his knee. Like he would love that. You're not going to do anything. Like, how dare you? So then you try to do something and you put on the pretend happy face and then you actually have a good day. And then you feel like, shit. like I don't. And so that is kind of my life. But as the 20 months has gone, has been unfolding, I'm able to stay away from that. It, I'm having longer moments of joy before I hit the the guilt. And so what I'm hoping maybe by the 20 year mark is you just get really good at balancing those two emotions together at the same time all the time. And you're able to just function very well. And right now I'm, I'm getting better. I'm able to function pretty good. But then I have like, dude, that survivor's guilt is no joke, man. That thing is nasty. And it, it's honestly like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I'm going to feel guilty if I lay in bed all day and be miserable. And I'm going to be guilty and feel bad if I go have a good day. So it's like, pick your poison. Yeah. I mean, the, and the fact that you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, you might as well fucking do what you want to do and what you need to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's a guy, uh, an awesome comedian and I guess a philosophizer, uh, Rodney Norman, who was discussing that. He's like, you know, there's – um. It's a very common thing, I think, what you're experiencing. I've heard it multiple times about that guilt. And I think the way to honor them is to live your life in happiness and live through them. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, if you are damned, if you are damned, if you do, damned if you don't, you might as well do it that way. You know what I mean? And um, I, right. I, I think the one thing I, 
and this is a personal truth, so I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I, I disagree, but I think it does get better. And and I'm not saying the pain gets easier or, or if it does or doesn't. I think the way you explained it to me is a way that it gets better is that you get better at managing those hurdles. You get better at managing those those moments of where you're not accepting it, where maybe you know, uh, not accepting it might keep you in bed for a week, but then maybe t- 10 months down the road, that same feeling, you'll be in bed for three days. And then maybe another couple of years or months, whatever it may be, maybe it'll knock you out for a couple hours and you're, be- you're able to jump back on your feet. So in, in my sense, I think that is where it gets better is that you get a little bit, there's gaps of how long it really knocks you out, gets a little bit shorter and your reactions and your emotions, you get a little bit better at handling that. Does that make sense? No, I, I couldn't have said it any better. I think that's what I was trying to say, but I'm like, I can't say it very good. No, I and think you, said, like, you said everything brilliantly. No, yeah, I think, uh, no, you're, you're spot on. I think but, like it doesn't, but it doesn't say, I'm not saying like the pain, like the pain is still going to be fucking pain, you know? And well, I, yeah. And I think the other way that maybe it gets better as time goes by is, because I've noticed this too, is because when it first happened, every memory is just, is just heartbreak. It just ruins your day. And then as time goes on, the memories of them are actually like you smile like, well, that was a fun trip or that was fun taking Riggins to his basketball games. And you kind of enjoy and are grateful for those good times you had. And so I've experienced that, like these terrible memories that used to be sad are now actually sometimes, not all the time, but they're actually sometimes fun to talk about now and and I cherish them versus always just being miserable so I'm hoping over time all those memories will just turn into happy good I'm so grateful we because the one thing I am grateful is we we had a great life we were great parents to our kids at least the life we had together with the time we had was great that that gives me a lot of joy um so there's that well, man, let me ask you a question. This is kind of a, a, a quick transition, but what do you, what's your belief on afterlife? Like, did you, did, uh, do you have a stance on what you think happens after we die? Has anything shifted? Yeah, big time. Um, I actually posted a really cool video on my Instagram today about his dad. He's talking to his little daughter and the daughter's like, is there a God? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, and no one knows. And then the little girl's like, um, Sophie knows, or someone knows. And he's like, no, she doesn't know. She has faith, and faith is good, but no one knows. And she's like, well, what about Jesus? And he's like, yeah, Jesus is great. I love that guy. Listen to him. And then she's like, but is Jesus God? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I have my opinion, but I might be wrong. I don't want, who am I to change your opinion? And I kind of butchered that. It was much better said than that but it was a really beautiful video clip that i posted because that would that if my son who he's getting to the age where we're going to start having those questions and conversations i think he's almost six and then you know seven and eight they're just going to get really curious but that's how i would handle that conversation with my son and that's truly honestly how i feel i i I am in love with the story of Jesus. I think the story of Jesus and what he stood for, his message of service and love and love your neighbor and love your enemy and cast the beam out of your own eye and the golden rule, treat other people how you want to be treated. Like all that stuff is, yeah, like love it. But is he God? Like, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not going to say I know. I have no idea. And I don't like, (laughs) I don't know how long your episodes are, but... (laughs) I've got into mushrooms. Um, Ooh. They, they pretty much, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make money or anything. I'm just trying to help people. So take it for what it is. I'm not trying to sell anyone mushrooms. I'm just saying. <clears throat> we'll put a disclaimer. Mushrooms, like David, I'm not kidding you. Mushrooms, like, I think it cured my PTSD. Wow. Like, and it helped my depression and my guilt a lot. Anyway. Uh, why are we talking that. about mushrooms again? Oh yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's, I, I, oh, oh, my, oh, oh. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Please go on. No, uh, but I'll, dude, I'll, I'll go down I, a rabbit hole of mushrooms because dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't me. know. I don't know if this is the right turn we want to take in this podcast, but 
back to your spiritual religious question, I had, I've had a in beautiful, incredible mushroom trips that I felt really close to my family and have gotten really beautiful answers and, or, or experiences about stuff like that. Um, I think it's just more personal. I don't know if that's how it is. I think it's a theory, but I, I don't know if we want to go down that rabbit hole today, but, um, that, the whole, I, I just struggle because like, why does God help Elizabeth find her car keys, but he can't help my family in a sandstorm? I just, I, you lose, I don't know. I just, I, a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I get it. Like that's the whole point of the faith thing. I get all the scriptures. People send me them. Like I get it. I just struggle with it. My son goes to church with his friends and my mom. Like, I don't have an issue with, with it. It's just not for me. I have a lot yeah. of questions. If there is a God, I don't believe in a God that controls things. I don't believe in a God that intervenes. If you're telling me there's a God that created everything and he loves everyone and he's just like, good luck. I did the best I could, but he can't manipulate it. Like I can get, I can get behind that and yeah. good things and bad things just happen to good and bad people. And it's chaos. Like, I, yeah, sign me up. But this guy that's this puppet master. I got a lot of questions for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'd have a lot of questions for that too, if that's the case. But I think it goes back to I agree. I, I don't think I don't know. Nothing's absolute. I think you know if you have faith in things and that helps you out, that's great. And we're yeah. gonna find out. We're gonna find out one way or another. You know, at some point, yeah, um, you said it, whether man. it's whether it's something or nothing, I have no idea, and that freaks me out sometimes. But this is where we are now, and I don't want to get down the rabbit hole too much right now. But I had a for anyone listening, take this with a grain of salt, not condoning it. Just, this is my experience. I did mushrooms over the weekend and holy shit, that was, um, that was a whole nother experience in itself. You know, there's a lot of studies coming out maybe not, I think more micro dosing and taking it in small doses. There's been a lot of studies that are coming out. I'm not referencing any, do your own research that has, has been helping with a lot of people with anxiety and depression and this or that. So I think that is coming out in, into the light more often than others. So it's interesting to hear that you've had benefits from it. And again, anyone listening, do your own research. Just, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but the experience I had. Yeah, me, like, yeah, like I'm not. <laughs> and like, yeah. listen, like I'm a, I'm a public speaker. I speak at a lot of elementary schools and high schools. So like, don't do drugs. I'm not saying. Like, I'm yes, not saying, of course, like, of course. Yeah. But this like, dude, there's a conversation. For sure. But like, there's like, dude. And this is what I tell. It's funny because me and my co-host of our podcast, we're from Utah, which is a very like conservative christian and so he's like i don't we can't talk about mushrooms on our podcast i'm like what do you like if we're trying to help people and mushrooms help by ptsd i think we should be telling everyone <laughs> so like yeah we like we don't see eye to eye on it but dude like yeah i don't and i'm not an expert either but i'm just throwing that out there so take it for what it's worth it really helped me yeah, and I think that's important i think some people would take it like mislead on when someone says this helped me i think it's good to take it as that okay that helped you might not help right, someone yeah. else might not it's just you know but it's just it's i think it's important to put out there if something helped you personally um yeah. then when what's the harm you, in, you know? oh well, that's how yeah. it was religion like if religion helps you great man it's, it's not for me though yeah and that's fine i think that i think that's it's okay yeah. to to be disagreeable um with our own personal truths and but it's also important to be open-minded to have our mind changed and i think yeah. uh you know i think there's a fine balance there um but holy shit was this last weekend with this trip that i did was something else and we didn't do it recreationally for fun we did it with intentions of you know um, yeah. finding you know a little bit more spirituality and it definitely got to no, me yeah. maybe i'll tell you about that off the mic because <laughs> it was no yeah no like it's yeah we totally can and and like I, I called my therapist. I'm like, hey, I have a babysitter. I have the night to myself. Like, walk me through this. Like, how do I get the best experience? And and he, it was cool. And you can do it with a guide. A lot of people do it with a guide. But anyway, yeah, interesting. Yeah, stuff. that's uh, it's very it's interesting to say the least how that even affects our reality in a sense. Um, but listen, man, I want to ask you uh, one one last question in regards before we get out of here. How are you doing today? You're 21 sin. How are you doing today? Good. I, uh, so I woke up and I cried and then I washed my face and then I woke blue up, got him ready for school and the weather's getting better here. So he was excited, dropped blue off at school, came back here, hopped on the podcast 
And then I'm going to, once this podcast is over, I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm doing another podcast at one and then I'm picking up my son at three. So I just, I try to stay busy and get my message out and try to help people keep my mind off myself. Maybe, oh, I'm playing basketball later with some buddies. I got a good little day put together. That sounds like a good, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm here to ruin it. Hopefully I didn't, you know, interrupt it too much. (laughs) No, no, seriously. (laughs) I, when I said that earlier, I'm not lying to you, like pot this podcasting and public speaking as that is my therapy so if you didn't like the podcast david i don't really care i got my therapy <laughs> session <laughs> no nah, man I, I love it i love what you're doing and I'm, I'm you know there's i i've taken a lot from this and i'm hoping anyone that's going through whatever right now you know you just without comparing as we said um you know i think right. you've shared a lot of good anecdotes and personal experiences that are applicable to so many people no matter what the hell they're going through so dude i want to I really want to thank you. I appreciate you doing this. I can't wait to get your story out there. And uh, before we do bounce out, do you want to feel free if you got anything else upcoming? I want to plug your. I want to plug your podcast. I'll put the links in the below so people yeah, can find like, you as well. I'm terrible at that kind of stuff, but yeah, we have a <laughs> we have a 1090 Instagram. It's the number 10, so you put in the number 10 and then spell out 90. Uh, I think we have a TikTok. Our my producer guy of our podcast, he runs our Instagram, and I think he does TikTok too. I'm not sure, but so you can find us on those. And then, yeah, I'm not great at like <laughs> like promoting myself. It's like the most awkward thing. Like <laughs> uh, it's all good. I'll, I'll, we're out there. If you, if, this is the way I see it. This is the way I see it, Dave. And I love it because I think we get genuine followers this way instead of just a numbers game but like the way i see it is if you really care you really need 1090 and you really want to find it then you'll find it you know what i mean like you'll get it so that i don't get too worried about subscribe and i don't think i've ever used the word subscribe on my podcast ever i just you know it is what it is I love that. Well, if I'll push it a little more than you than you are, then I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. If you guys do want to find him a little bit easier, I'll put the links in the bottom of the show description so you can find Mason and his podcast, and hopefully, I'll check it out. Um, but Mason, for real, I want to thank you again for being here. It's an honor to share this space with you, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day. And uh, for anyone listening, I hope you got a lot out of that because I know I did. In another episode of Dead Talks. Until next time, ciao.